When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 17 weeks, 4 quarters, 60 minutes, and it all leads up to one winning, winning drive. Welcome back, everybody, to the Winning Drive podcast. I am Rita Hubbard, the NFL chick, co-host of Ravens Postgame Uncensored on 105.7 The Fan. And I'm Cordell Woodland, host of Shaking It Up Sports on 105.7 The Fan, as well as the station's Ravens beat reporter. And finally, Cordell, I, I know that they won two weeks ago. I know. But it feels like it was forever ago mm-hmm. the last time the Ravens won a game. Certainly the first time this season that they won a game at home. And it was a great win over their rival Cincinnati Bengals. Um, obviously, it gets them ahead in the AFC North currently. Uh, by doing so because the Steelers lost and the Browns lost as well. So great win uh, for this team um, this Sunday. So let's start with the defense first. Usually we start with the offense, but we'll get to that later. Because usually what we've done this season is talk real bad about Mm -hmm. this defense. I got some things to say about this offense, but, but we'll get to that the next segment. For now, I am really enjoying what this defense is doing. They are playing the way that a lot of us thought that they would be playing. And I just feel like, you know, they got a bad rap. The Miami game wasn't a great game for them. They got a bad rap. Um, the Buffalo game, I, I thought that they improved. I thought that, that that was a sign of improvement. You'll hear people say that, oh, that it was raining and, you know, this, that, and the third. But I, I didn't see that. I still think that when you hold a guy like Josh Allen to that type of day, that that's progress. So here you go here, week five, you play against um, Joe Burrow and his his group of guys. 217 total yards that he gave up, uh, one touchdown, one uh, one interception. So, you know, when you see how the defense played today, are you encouraged in terms of how they're going to play moving forward? Because, you know, they're, listen, the Josh Allen's and the Joe Burrows of the world, it's not like that they're playing those types of guys every week. Mm-hmm. But if you're playing those guys well, I feel like that that's, going to give your team a chance and and they've done that the past two weeks one came out in the win one came out in the loss yeah I, I definitely am encouraged right now with what I'm seeing from this defense I I've said for a while I don't think that their 32nd rank is a, is a good depictor of who they are you right. know uh, I think that they're definitely better than that I think they realize that they're better than that and Talking to Calais Campbell after the game, you know, he we we asked him that question about if he feels like the defense is, you know, continuing to get better and building off of each performance. And he said that he thought that they were. And, you know, I thought this Bengals game was a good sign of that. Now, it's definitely going to be a huge blow to them losing Marcus Williams. He has a dislocated wrist. Yeah. Uh, Harb said that he expects him to be out a significant amount of time. 
that's going to be a big a blow. blow. Yeah. You'll see, you know, Geno Stone was the guy that pretty much filled in for him a majority of the game, but that maybe this means more Kyle Hamilton reps. Uh, but whatever the case is, they are going to miss Marcus Williams on the back end. He was definitely that that free safety, that rangy free safety, that center yeah. fielder for them so far this year that has kind of led help helped this team be one of the better teams in takeaways this season. So I, I am curious to see how they'll replace him. But I'll stick with the pass defense for for now to remain positive. I thought the pass defense was really good. They did a spectacular it was clear they weren't going to let Jamar Chase beat them in this game. It helped that T. Higgins barely – I mean, T. Higgins was apparently dealing with the – I know he was hurt coming into the game. Yeah, and then he eventually he came out. With the ankle injury. I never even noticed him on the field. So, Same. Same. You know, so I don't know when he got hurt. I don't know if he got hurt doing jumping jacks on the sideline or what, but him not playing in this game as much as he normally would, it helped. You know, I, I think it's clear it helped. Uh, but they did a spectacular job on Jamar Chase, no doubt about it. They may not have, you know, gate been all around Joe Burrow as far as racking up the sacks and pressures, but I will say that they did not allow Joe Burrow to get comfortable at all in this game. That's all you can ask for. Look, they, they don't have a guy that's just, they can just say, go get him. They don't have that. I think everybody needs to kind of come to terms with that, come to grips and understand that this is not this that type of defense. Yep. They don't have that player. And, hey, maybe once Justin Houston comes back, things starts to look a little better yeah. in that front. But right now it's still, a, it's still a working progress, at best a working progress. But they show some signs. JPP got involved tonight, had the sack. Uh, had a couple of – um, he had a couple of – Passes deflected, yeah, which is great. Yep, yep. Had a couple of uh, passes, I think, back-to-back. Yep, uh, he did. On plays. So, you know, I, I definitely thought this was definitely a good game uh, from him. Patrick Queen finally being able to finally! take advantage of Somebody a play. was on the jug machine. Yeah, you know, catch those <laughs> tennis balls. I guess it helped him. I guess, I guess it helped him. But, you know, he finally – I mean, it's amazing how football works. It – He's been throwing the ball right at his chest the last two weeks. Couldn't make the play. Today, he makes the play, you know, and, and that's what you want to see. You want to see these guys continue to try to – I kept saying, you know, and I've tried to look at the positive with Patrick Quinn because, I, I like I say every time, I don't think he's as bad as everybody else thinks, but it's. It, I think he definitely deserves some sort of credit to, A, be in position to make these plays because nobody else is. If he's not there, nobody else is. So, right. I mean, at least he's in position to make the plays. And I think it says something for him mentally to be able to kind of stick with it. Yeah, you you dropped an interception on back-to-back weeks. Yeah, you you know, you could get down on yourself or you could finally make up for it and take advantage of the opportunity when it comes to you. And that's what he did. So, you know, I think it, hopefully that that'll do wonders for his confidence going forward and just his playmaking ability, because I do believe he has that in him. It's about getting it out of him on a consistent basis. Yeah, I and agree. I thought Marcus Peters played a really good game. Yes, he did. Uh, he was fired up. Physical. And that's my favorite. That's my favorite thing about Peters. Like yeah. he, he gets this team fired up and mm-hmm. he is always like ready to play the, the the what was this the third down correct me if i'm wrong the third down play um it was the second down play where they were you know driving the Bengals, mm-hmm. and they had some weird 
type of uh, trick play. That well, they tried do. to do. They they tried they tried the uh, Philly special. Yeah, and uh, and and Marcus Speed is just. He yeah. sniffed that out immediately. Yeah. And yeah. they ended up losing uh, tons of yardage at that point. But, you know, he was all over the place all day, you know, yeah. and, and it was good to see that from him. Definitely. I mean, he, he you said it, you know, he, he's the heartbeat of this team. You, you could tell, I think the biggest difference or the biggest impact to this defense last year of all the injuries they had were clearly, was clearly missing Marcus Peters. He mm-hmm. just provides something, obviously, in between the lines being one of the better cover corners in the league, leading the league in interceptions uh, since he's entered the league. He is involved in pretty much every takeaway, but he's also, he he's the toughness on this D de- like he, his, the, his mantra, his persona, it, this defense, this team embraces it. And when he's not out there, they're not as tough. You yeah. know, they're, they're, they're not as physical. They're not, they're not the bullies that they were, I think, uh, in, a, in, a, in a lot of ways in this Bengals game. Yeah. Uh, they weren't perfect, but having him out there just brings a sense of calmness to this defense. I think it allows Marlon Humphrey to feel com- comfortable yeah. to play the way he wants to play. And he just settles things down. So definitely having Marcus Peters back is a huge plus. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the one negative I have, and I've had it all year, is this run defense. This run defense is not good. It's, yeah. it's not good. And yeah. it hasn't been good all year. And I continue to say, I think that they are benefiting from not playing a team that is going to consistently stick with the run. We'll see yeah. what happens next week when they have to go to New York and they play Saquon and those guys. Yeah, you know, I don't want to talk about that right yeah. now. Can we just talk about You know, I thought the game definitely changed once the Bengals started getting into the shotgun runs and started yep. figuring out, okay, we can run the ball on these guys straight yep. up the middle too. Yep. You know, I, I thought that was kind of where it was like, okay, hold up. This is it's getting scary again. You know, we're seeing, we're seeing some of the same things happen, but again, I, I definitely want to give this defense all the credit in the world. They go out there, you know, this Bengals, this Bengals offense has not quite been to the Bengals offense that they were last year, but to still hold this offense to 17 points, I I definitely think that's a win for the defense. Yeah. And I agree with you. The run defense is very um, concerning. It's funny because they all start the same way. They start with, they start strong. Mm -hmm. And then as the game goes on, you know, they just wear down quickly. And then guys just start running straight up the the A-gaps, getting, you know, yardage. So you started seeing Mixon getting, you know, eight, nine yards. Mm -hmm. And that then opened up the passing game, which honestly, um, there were times when Bengals wide receivers were open. I mean, you know, literally it was just a matter of Joe Burrow getting the ball to them, whether it was a pressure, you know, or if the ball wasn't batted down or whatever, but they were getting, they were getting guys open. And then eventually when they realized that Jamar Chase probably wasn't going to have the night that he had any time last year, then they decided to, to go to Hayden Hurst, which, which was effective. Let's yeah. be honest. It was effective. Yeah. They put him on the outside and, and they had, you know, a cornerback on him and it was effective. Um, but quite frankly, I mean, a lot of times it was guys that, that was open and I was concerned, you know, so I'm glad that it worked out in their favor. Um, and so for the most part, it wasn't like, you know, anybody had a, a big night, but uh, you know, it was, 
I was like, hey, man, if, if he gets a couple seconds a couple times, there was some touchdowns that was going to be uh, on that board. So that's the one thing I am concerned about. If you're not going to be able to get to a guy and the pass rush is not there, we the Ravens benefited greatly off the fact that the Bengals offensive line still has not figured out what exactly it is that they're going to do. But if you play against the team that has a solid offensive line and you start trying to run those same type of, you know, defensive schemes and it's not working, you're not getting to the quarterback. What is your secondary going to do? And that's the part that concerns me. The most. Yes. And I think, I think it's definitely concerning. You know, I thought, I think that after a while it got to the, the Ravens did a good job of, making Joe Burrow uncomfortable early. Um, and it, and it got to the point, like you said, that it, there were receivers open and it's not like the pass rush was necessarily around him or, or around his feet, but just they put the thought in the back of his mind that he has to look around and see where everybody is. They made him mentally uncomfortable. And sometimes that's all you got to do. Sometimes it's just about getting a hand on a ball here and yep. there hitting a quarterback here and there just to just to put it in their mind like I'm around you know yep. you, you, you don't have all day you know even when you don't see me I'm there and yep. I think that's uh what happened with Joe Burrow in this game definitely the, the, look he's not clicking right now with Jamar Chase uh, and that's even besides this Ravens game I think you look at the, you know this season as a whole they have not been on fire the way that they were last year. And obviously, you know, defenses are seeing what's going on. They saw they got a whole year of film on these two. Yeah. You know, you're not going to catch teams by surprise this year. I've been saying that. Uh, but I think this is still a very quality Bengals team that is that the Ravens face again week 18 in Cincinnati. And I think that that game will have big time playoff implications, maybe yep. big time division yep. implications by that point. Uh, so definitely considering everything that's been going on around this Ravens team, all the questions that have been asked throughout the week, it's definitely good to see them get a big time quality win against a division opponent uh, at home. Yeah, absolutely. They, they definitely needed it. It was a good confidence booster. I felt like the confidence booster started last week because um, I really did think that they played well against the Bills. As you can see, the Bills turned around and put up 38 points yeah, against a very <laughs> supposedly good Steelers defense. So, I mean, th that says something, you know what I mean? Um, but then they did a good part, a, a good job tonight against, you know, the Bengals offense who, you know, last year did work on them and that's probably putting it nicely <laughs> oh, yeah. so I think it's all up from here you know I think that if you can get Justin Houston back in a couple weeks uh, or you know sooner than later if Tyus is able to come back I think that this team you know can really be fine and you really hope that Marcus Williams isn't out for the year although I'm not very positive about it we'll but see but if you don't, guess what? It's time for some other guys to step up and, to the plate and, and, and start making some plays. I mean, that's that's the part of the game. Injuries are going to happen. You just have to come up and be better. And that's and that's literally it. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it's definitely going to be key to see if they can kind of keep this going, build on this. I think that the defense is definitely getting better each year. And I, I want to give some credit to my guy, Pepe Williams, because yeah, yes. he, he, every week I continue to talk about him and every week I think he shows he is legit. He's turning out to be probably outside of Linderbaum. He's, he's the rookie that they trust the most, I think yeah. on either side of the ball, they play this guy and they put him in key situations 
and he makes them look good every time. Uh, he got called for the holding penalty tonight. I'm not going to go crazy about that. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, I, I thought Pepe Williams did a heck of a job. He's physical. He does not mind getting in there and making the tough tackles. He's the smallest guy on the field, and he's going to stick his nose in there. I, I, I love watching Pepe Williams play, and I think the, that every day that he's able to be around Marcus Peters, is going to be a plus because I really Absolutely. believe he is like a Marcus Peters Jr. from his play style to his per personality. He he is a he's really a junior Marcus Peters. So I, I really like the fact that he gets to spend his rookie year around him. Absolutely, and I, I just expect him to get better and better, as like you said, as the season goes on because of the mentorship mm -hmm. that he has from those type of guys. Okay, guys, if you like what you're hearing, remember to subscribe to the Winning Drive podcast feed so you can get all of the new episodes as soon as they drop. All right, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it, Cordell. Listen, this offense has been not so hot the past couple of weeks. So mm -hmm. let's start with some good things, right? Some let's start with things. the good. That's good. All right. Uh, the running game seems to be getting back on track. That's mm -hmm. been good. J.K. Dobbins. Um, eight rushes for 44 yards. Kendrick, King and Drake even got yeah. involved. Four rushes, 26 yards. Devin Duvernay, three rushes, 24 yards. And of course, Lamar Jackson, 12 rushes, 58 yards. Feels good to, to, to finally start getting, you know, those first downs running the ball that you weren't getting literally a couple of weeks ago. So that was really the good thing. Um, the bad thing. Uh, yeah, I got a problem here because and this is this this is the thing, Cordell. I think that Greg Roman knew coming into this game when he wasn't going to have Rashad Bateman that he was going to have to do you know something a little bit different. So we saw Duvernay kind of be used more so like a Debo in San Francisco type mm -hmm. of thing, where he was playing a lot of gadget plays. And I really feel like that was to mask what the offense was. And from what I saw tonight. Um, guys weren't getting open consistently. Uh, they, they Listen, the Cincinnati Bengals does have a good secondary, so you have to give credit where credit is due. But ultimately, you know, even though Rashad Bateman had been missing the past couple of weeks, his presence was absolutely needed. And, uh, yes, I know people are going to keep talking about those three plays that Lamar overthrew guys. It's fair. Lamar had 32 attempts, though, and they were getting locked up for a good part of the game, to which the fact that Mark Andrews just had to start doing his own. They just had to start giving the ball to Mark Andrews because nobody can cover Mark Andrews, basically. But what was the third play? I seen you getting into it with people on Twitter. Okay, I remember the Tyler Wallace one. I remember the uh, the uh, Devin Sink. I mean, uh, the Duvernay. Duvernay touchdown. one. Uh, there's a I think there's another play to Tyler, to Wallace, but two other. See, see, here's the thing: two of those plays were busted plays, though. Right. Right. The 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 Duvernay play is the one that you can say, okay, he over he straight up overthrew him, mm -hmm. right? Um, there's a play that he also underthrew Duvernay a little bit as well. Um, and he they probably would he probably could have you know gotten a touchdown at the very least he gets a first down even right. if he doesn't catch the ball. But other than that. I, from what I saw personally is that guys were not consistently getting open. 
And to me, that is very problematic if you're not going to have a guy like Rashad Bateman on the field moving forward. If Mark Andrews is going to become, have to be the guy every single week, then uh, this is going to be a long year <laughs> because yeah. that's, not, that's not what you – we all we always knew that the wide receiving group was already too small in terms of size, right? Mm-hmm. Not enough. That's what I mean. So you already didn't have a whole lot of wide receivers. Now you're in a situation where your number one guy is not playing, you know, a football game. So now the depth that you have uh, isn't like the greatest depth. And thank God that they're using Devin DuVernay, you know, for his skill set. Because if they weren't, I can't imagine what this game would look like without him, quite frankly. Yeah, (laughs) honestly. And, you know, it's. I've been saying it for a while. I, I when I went back and watched, I go back and watch the, the the games throughout the week, um, and that's been a common thing that I've seen is that guys are not getting open. I looked especially vividly thinking about that Bills game. People weren't running open in that game, uh, and I thought and I said, I, you know, as I'm watching tonight's game, I said that a couple of times too. Like, there's nobody really there. You know, for him to get the ball too. Now, I think it's a combination of a lot of things. Lamar definitely wants to have at least the two that's on the top of my mind, the DuVernay one and then the one of Tylen Wallace. I think he wants both of those. I mean, he was, you know, he basically said it in his presser that he understands that those are passes he has to make. Those are passes he can make really in his sleep, Uh, especially the one of Wallace who won back. But that's a busted play. It's tough. Wallace isn't in a full sprint. The right. entire time, and Lamar right. throws it as if he's in a full sprint the entire time. So, just those are things that happen when you got your quarterback throwing it to what the fifth guy on the depth chart. <laughs> you know, right. so it, it's just it's just the things that are going to happen. But I, look, I'm I'm not going to sugarcoat it. This was maybe Lamar's, you know, ugliest game of the season and that's yeah. not even to say he didn't play well because I think his legs ultimately ended up winning him the game down the stretch. Yep. Um him, his ability I thought the way he played in the second half was totally different from how he played in the first half. I thought the second half was really good. Yep. Once he got into the the phase of okay, Mark Andrews is pretty much the only one that I can trust right now. Once he gets in that mode, they you know, I don't love it. <laughs> I don't love it. But they're tough to stop. Once yeah. they get into that mode to where it's like, I need it and I'm going to 89 to get it. Yep. It's it's tough to stop them at that point, even when you know where the ball is going. Mark yep. Andrews is just so good about getting open. He's so good making tough catches. Lamar, me and Lamar just have this connection with each other. It doesn't matter how small that window is. Lamar can get him the ball. Yep. Um. So, Definitely that was good for him to get that going, but his legs, I mean, I, I thought not only in the first half, but in various points this year, I feel like Lamar has been passing up running lanes that he has normally taken in earlier years in his career. And for whatever reason this year, he's not taking them. What you mean? For whatever reason, he want that too. He want that money. I, mean, he I guess. That, and he I'm, want that moolah. Well, I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to keep myself from saying, okay, he's not running simply because he doesn't have a contract. Like I, I, I don't, and, and that could very well be the reason 
But I just felt like that's just too easy of a reason. And, and I feel like even if I ask Lamar that off the record, he won't say I'm not running because of the contract. I, I think it's, I, to be honest, I think it's more about him wanting to, him practicing being more patient in the pocket. Yes, because absolutely. That too. Past, he has been a little quick to take off. Whereas times like, okay, maybe you should have chilled. So I, I think right now he's still trying to figure out when to let his legs take over and when to try to sit back there and be the prototypical quarterback. Yeah. Um, but I was happy to see him as the game went on specifically late in the second half, use his legs to get the, get whatever yardage they needed. And again, I'm going to go back to what I've been saying all week about that fourth and goal call. This is why I wanted them to call their bread. and You look at that last drive, all quarterback, all read options, all, all, all quarterback keepers. It's and, and they're popping eight yards a pop off of yep. you. You cannot stop it for the life of me. I just do not understand why they do not, why they would not call a play like that when you're on the two yard line. But I don't, I don't want to dwell on that, but it's just, right. it's just, it just irks me that when they get into these late game situations, how you can just not go with what works best for you. They did that tonight. I give them credit for that. They kept going with that play too. And mm-hmm. credit to Lamar. I said up in the booth, I'm like, man, if I'm Lamar, I'm not handing this ball off to nobody because yep. put the ball in my hands. You can't risk a fumble. You, you bet you as the guy on this team, as the face of this franchise, you, you, you put the ball in your hands and yep. that's what he did. He went out yep. there, he ran, he got the yards, he did whatever they needed to do to get into Justin Tucker's field goal range, which seems like that's just stepping into the parking lot, you know, <laughs> and you know, they, I mean, they, they got the job done, but Hey, it's not always going to be pretty. You think back to, you know, we always go back to 2019. It wasn't always pretty in 2019. Yep. Some of the ways that they won. So, you know, if, Hey, for real, if you're the Ravens, the uglier, the better, you know, to be yep. honest with you, because men, not many teams can, out ugly when you, you know, if that makes yeah. sense. Not, not many teams can beat the Ravens in ugly fashion the way they can. Maybe, maybe Pittsburgh, possibly just because that's kind of their style too, especially when these two teams play. But you look around the league, especially looking at the AFC, the Bills worry me because they can kind of win in any style. But outside of that, I, I, I don't think many teams can beat the Ravens when the Ravens muck up the game when they when they shorten the game and they make it that physical dog fight that's not filled with a bunch of highlights it's just filled with racking up first downs getting defensive stops just doing what you got to do to win the game and I thought that's what the Ravens did tonight and um yeah it is definitely concerning as far as when is Rashad Bateman going to be back, be back because I do think they need his presence out there, but I'm also happy to see them get the ball to Devin Duvernay in a variety of ways, because this guy is a playmaker. He can do things with the ball in his hands. And I think that just because Rashad, even if Rashad Bateman comes back, I don't want them to go away from a lot of the stuff that they did in this game, to Devin Duvernay, they have to find ways to make somebody else a threat in this offense besides eight and 89. I completely agree. Um, like you said, it wasn't a great day for Lamar, 19 um, completions on 32 attempts for 174 yards, a touchdown and an interception. But like you 
you already mentioned his second half, you know, he really played well. And um, there's a throw that he made in the first half to Demarcus Robinson. It got picked up the, the, the interception mm-hmm. and he tried to put it in between the linebacker and uh, the defensive backs and it got intercepted. Same thing in the second half of the game. I believe it's the fourth quarter. Don't quote me on that, but he throws a, a pass, the same pass to uh, Mark Andrews mm-hmm. over the linebackers, um, and, and it's complete. And I'm like, you know, literally just a half ago, he he made that same type of throw, and he couldn't, mm-hmm. you know, it didn't get there. Um, and so, you know, he he got better as the game went on. You know what I mean? And that's something that we haven't seen from this offense in weeks because they get hot early on, and then they cool off. And then don't find ways to to get involved and and have their defense, you know, all of a sudden on the field too many times. But it was really good to see, you know, how that went. And I agree with you. That last drive, that's Lamar. Look, he didn't statistically, he didn't have the best day. Um, he had a seventy one point six quarterback rating. I mean, look, PFF is probably going to say, hey, he didn't. He he was the one of the worst quarterbacks on Monday. But ultimately, that drive is what wins the football game. I mean, you know, look, look, everybody can't do it. And it's one of the things that kind of irritates me because I really wish that the Ravens would play a little bit more up-tempo because they're really good at it. Mm -hmm. They're really good at playing up-tempo football, but for whatever reason, they only do it when they have to do it. But I feel like Lamar plays up-tempo football really well. I don't know why they typically do it in must win situations. Cause I feel like if your offense is struggling, maybe you should change the tempo right. so you can try to get some rhythm going. I, I, you know, I don't understand the logic behind not doing that, but ultimately, you know, they get the ball back after, after the Bengals score, go right down the field. And of course, Justin Tucker just going to do with Justin Tucker. He does Justin Tucker things. He's yeah. And, and you know, look, look Lamar, it's not like I said. It doesn't have to be pretty. Lamar's a winner. Yeah. And at the end of the day, that he's going to do. He's going to tell you. He's going to do whatever it takes to win. If that's throwing, it's throwing. If it's running, it's running. Whatever the case may be, it doesn't have to be pretty. Just get the win. Yep. Two other things. One, I thought J.K. Dobbins looked really good. Yeah. I, I, I think J.K. is really starting to get in the rhythm. He's running tough. He had that one run, I think, where he was Sam Hubbard got him in the backfield and he breaks out of that. Yeah. Tackle. And ends up getting like eight or nine more yards. Like JK is, you see it when you watch him each of these last three weeks. He, he's getting his legs under him. He's getting better and better. I think by the time we get to the end of the season, the Dobbins that everybody wants to see, I, I truly believe he's going to be there. I thought it was a really good game for him. Uh, Ronnie Stanley getting well, back. Well, how did we go through this whole segment? And yeah. I even bring up Ronnie Stanley, right. by the way. Right. Well, well you know, he, he didn't. He's not playing the entire game. It, he, was that it, was that a pitch count? Did he? So did they... uh, Harbs and he said that that they that they had a plan for him coming in, uh, him kind of alternating the series, and at times even, you know, Macari getting back to back series because it, it got to a point a couple of times when Macari is out there on consecutive series. And, you know, Stanley wasn't even on that game-winning drive. Yeah, uh, I didn't see him much in the fourth quarter. That's why I asked. Yeah, so, I mean, but he, he said he feels good. Uh, you know, this was all part of the plan. He, he felt good. Uh, doesn't feel like he has any setbacks right now. And, you know, watching Stanley out there, I thought Stanley looked really good. He did. I, I thought he looked really good. Yep. Um, and if that's 
Ronnie Stanley at 70%, 75%, whatever the case may be, I'll take it. You yep. know, I'll, I'll, I'll gladly take it. And well, hey, I thought Patrick McCarry played his ass off too. You know, they, they were definitely a, a nice little one-two combo at the left tackle spot. Ideally, that's not what you want going forward. But I think as Stanley gets more and more, you know, comfortable that he can kind of go out there and play a full game, that won't happen. But then I'm, I mean, obviously we're, ex we would expect Makari to go to that left guard spot to fill in for Ben Powers, who I didn't think, look, I thought the offensive line played a pretty good game, all things considered, especially in the run game, yeah. uh, the pass game, look, you know, every pocket wasn't great, but I can't sit here and tell you that I thought that Lamar was under constant duress in the entire game. I thought going yeah. up against Trey Henderson and these guys, sure, they had their moments. Uh, but all in all, I think that this offensive line had a really good game uh, in, in this win over the Bengals in both the running and the passing situation. So, look, definitely a positive sign seeing Ronnie go out there and not only play well, but come out of the game healthy. We'll see what happens going forward. Um, but, you know, I, I think the Ravens got a couple of wins this week, being able to pick up the win over the Bengals, being able to get Ronnie Stanley back on the field, being able to win at home, being able to close out a good opponent. Yeah. You know, I, I, I do think that this win will do wonders for them. I completely agree. Uh, before we get into our last topic, remember to subscribe to Winning Drive wherever you listen to your podcasts. All right, let's give out some uh, game balls here. So there's quite a few. Um, I'll start first. My first game ball is going to Coach Harbaugh. <laughs> uh, I feel like we bullied him into actually taking points this week mm -hmm. because you know he wanted to go for it on that fourth down. You know and he, he went wanted for it, to go He for went for it early. I was like, okay, Harbs, you, we, we're doing this already. And they didn't get it. Lamar kept them off the field, right. but. Right. You know, that four, that the one that you're talking about, yeah, you're right. You guess everybody bullied him into taking the points. He, he took the points instead. And, uh, you know, because it, it was funny because he had a um, – they had a formation where Mark Andrews was on the mm -hmm. center. So I mm -hmm. thought they were going to go for it. Um, but it felt like that that delay of game was a little intentional. So I was like, oh, okay, so that's what we're doing here. We're actually taking points <laughs> this week. So I feel like the media – the fans, the city, all bullied John Harbaugh into doing what you need to do, which is take the points. It is very hard to score points in the National Football League. And sometimes you just got to take the points. You know who should have took the points? Zach Taylor. Because yeah. they would have won the football game had they just taken that three points instead of four, going for it on fourth and goal. But they didn't. So now he's the John Harbaugh of the week. And we don't have to sit here and talk about, is John Harbaugh going to get fired? Because you know that was going to happen if they went for it on fourth down yeah. and he didn't get it. That was definitely happening. And that was a terrible play call on fourth down, too, that, that the Bengals had. I oh, mean, the I, shovel pass, it's, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's easy to say that because it didn't work. But – if you're going, I mean, come. If you're going to do something, I'm all like I said about the Ravens. If you're going to, you know, in those type of situations, call your best plays. Don't come out here trying to reinvent the wheel. Go out there and and call a play that you know you can execute. And even there, Lyle Collins and Zach Taylor getting into it on the sideline. It's not just out here in Baltimore. This is Thank the NFL. It happens all the time. Players get into it with coaches all the time. 
all the time. So that first game ball is going to Coach Harbaugh because we finally bullied him into doing something right this week. <laughs> Who's your first uh, game ball going to? All right. So, you know, I'm going to give a game ball to Patrick Queen. I'm going to yeah. give him to Patrick Queen. Patrick Queen gets the interception. I think that's big. For him, he leads the team in tackles tonight with seven. Uh, didn't make every tackle. Had a couple of blown, you know, missed tackles out there, yeah. but a couple of these guys did. But he gets the interception. He has the pass deflection. He played a ton of snaps. I think Patrick Queen definitely played his heart out out there. That's one thing about him. He's going to play hard. He may not play, get, you know, make every play that's in front of him, but the guy's going to play hard. All he does is take criticism every single week. You know, and again, I don't think he's as bad as everybody makes it seem like. I think he's the type of player that is like you talk bad about him until you have to play without him. And then you realize how much he mean how much he means to this defense. Um, so Patrick Queen, I, I'm, I'm going to give him a game ball just because he was finally able to make a play. And it was a pivotal play in the game. Absolutely. I agree. Um, I'm going to give another game ball to uh, Marcus Peters because mm -hmm. I really felt like Marcus Peters set the tempo for this defense. He was lit pretty much the whole time. Uh, we talked about the, the silly play that he that that he um, blew up. Uh, you know, he was all over it. And and I, and you missed that. Right. That was just something that they didn't have last year. And as much as we love Marlon. Marlon Humphrey, he just, he's not that type of person. He doesn't have that type of personality. He's a great football player and he continued to play really well this evening. That being said, you know, Mark, uh, Marcus Peters has a different type of, you know, energy if, for lack of a better term that mm -hmm. really could be used in situations like today's game. I love to see guys like him, you know, try to get the crowd involved and, you know, also just just all over the place. So, you know, some, you know, there were a couple of times that he didn't necessarily make the play, but I just feel like more times than not, when he, when his number was called, he was there. And so I'm giving him a game ball as well. Yeah, I'll give uh, I'll give my second game ball to Mark Andrews. Eight yeah. catches on 10 targets, 89 yards, had the touchdown. I mean, you know, it doesn't matter what's going on with this team. You, more times than not, nine times out of ten, Mark Andrews is going to make an impact in the game. Yep. He's going to ball out. He's going to do his part. It just doesn't matter whether you know he's getting the ball or not. You can't stop him. Uh, the guy is so good. He, he, he's, he's so clutch. And his concentration with some of the catches that he makes is just simply incredible. He knows he's going to get hit. He, he takes on the hits and he, he still catches the ball. Um, thank God for him because I, I just don't know who else Lamar would be able to trust on a every week basis if it's not Mark Andrews. So Mark Andrews is going to get a game ball for me. My last game ball is going to the person that he would be able to trust outside of Mark Andrews. And that is the goat number nine, Justin Tucker. Um, what would this team be without him? I mean, like literally he just makes everything look so easy and it's just amazing to me. And I just love how everybody just like, like pumps Justin Tucker up. Like, you, you mm. know, they pump him up. Like he got mm -hmm. this little swag about him. You know what I mean? It's like one of my favorite things. So he hit that, that, that 59 yarder and he's just kind of like, 
He just like looking around like, this light work. You know what I'm saying? Like, (laughs) I love that about him. And then, of course, you know, he kicks the the winning uh, field goal and everybody, you know, has has them, you know, up on their shoulders. And I just love that. I love that about this team, how, like, they just have fun in the moment. And, you know, Justin Tucker is going to be – he's going to go down as one of the greatest kickers this league has ever seen. And it's just really fun to have that guy, you know, on your team. So Justin Tucker gets my last game ball. I'm torn. I'm torn. Uh My next game ball is going to go to somebody who probably didn't even have the crazy stats. And I want to give it to Calais because I feel like Calais really had an imprint on his game. He had a he did a great job on the fourth down play the the shovel pass that they tried to get. He was yeah. right there to kind of stop that. He had been around Joe Burrow a couple of times, but I think I'm gonna give it to JPP. Yes, uh, JPP he got the sack. Uh, JPP had the two pass deflections. You, you know, I, I thought that this was a big time game from JPP who. Who showed so showed a motor uh, in this game? You know, he, he he's a old, one of the veterans on this team, but I mean, he was dominating his matchups a lot of the times. He he definitely lived in the backfield a lot. I just I just felt like JPP he he was kind of ferocious in this game. He gave them that extra guy to kind of get back to the passer that they needed. Adafi Owe didn't necessarily have this the statistical game that he had last week nor is probably as good of a game as he had last week. Yeah. But I do think – I thought Adafi played pretty well yeah. uh, in this game as well, too, maybe not, not having the numbers to back it up, but just watching him out there, he was impactful. He was he was nonstop. He kept going. He did a pretty good job selling the edge. So, you know, I, I'm going to give my last game ball to JPP because second game out here with these guys, he had, he put his imprint on his game. He made some big time plays yep. and they turned out to really need it. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I really feel like he, you know, came out to play and, and that was just really, you know, great to see in his second, his, you know, second game here in Baltimore. So already he's making, you know, a statement here in such a short period of time. And look, they needed it <laughs> because yeah. who else was they going to have, uh, you know, over there. And there were times where the Bengals offense was going right at JPP and they were, you know, mm-hmm. they were, they were neutralizing him, but you know, he still had his presence with the past deflections and, and, and such. So, yeah, I agree. Like, as much as we love Calais Campbell around these parts, uh, I just think that JPP in his short time has has made his mark here early on, and so he deserves to have his game ball. So any other game balls you want to give out? That's it, that's it for me. I, I mean, I'm that's, done. That's, yeah, that's probably it for me. I mean, the ultimate game ball will probably go to Tucker, I would say, tonight. I mean, the 58 water. And then he hits, you know, with the I forget what the what the game winner was, like 40 something, maybe 48 or something like that. But to you know, he's just he's just right there when you need him. The the dude, the dude is just automatic. I mean, he's the GOAT, you know, the, the, the GOAT for kickers. And I mean, he knows how good he is, they know how good he is. And it got to the point where I'm like, man, they got to like close to midfield. I'm like, I mean, they in range. <laughs> At this right. point, one more first down, you know, you're good with, with Tucker. Right. So, I mean, just to have that luxury, not every team has that. 
Absolutely. The, Raven, the Ravens have a guy that they can count on pretty much every single time that they need him. Uh, I, I, you know, he's he's a he's literally a, a big time weapon for this team and it showed in this game. My least favorite thing is that the the, the nickname Legatron was already taken by somebody else. Yeah. who Quite frankly, doesn't deserve it because Justin <laughs> Tucker is the real Legatron right. in these streets. Okay, the real one. Okay, so you need to relinquish that nickname and give it to him because he's the one that deserves it the best. Mm -hmm. If you can cook, kick a sixty what seven. We are, it was the 65, 67 in Detroit, then you deserve to be called Legatron. Point blank period. I mean, he owns he owns it. You kick a 66 yarder, you know. 66, thank you. Yes. Take the, rec take the record. Hey, you get whatever nickname you want. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Give up your rights because he deserves it. <laughs> Quite frankly. Right. Thank you so much, guys, for listening to the Winning Drive podcast. I'm so glad that it ended in a W this week because I was getting tired of being depressed, quite frankly, on these um, post-game podcasts. Yeah. Not to be in a winning locker room uh, for the first time. At home, yes, finally. Too bad everybody was gone. Like they, they you would have thought they lost everybody. The way they, they, them dudes ran out of the locker room after the game. That thing was almost deserted. But <laughs> they, they, they won tonight. They could do whatever they want. And they could do whatever they want. They probably going out celebrating. Guess what? You deserve it. So, thank you so much for listening. We'll be back on Wednesday for a new podcast. So, from Cordell to me, this is Winning Drive. 